0: You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. All right, let me say a few things before I get started today. Um, If you're online, you're going to want to pay attention because we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, If you're in the room, you're going to want to pay attention because we're going to cover a lot of stuff. If you have a baby, we love them, but what you just saw was a perfect example of what should happen when a baby starts crying. (laughs) They got up and they went outside and watched on that's That's beautiful, man, because I'm telling you, the stuff we're going to do today, it matters. The stuff we're going to cover today, it matters. Uh, The stuff we're going to learn today is stuff that will carry you through years of understanding the New Testament. And when we said in the beginning of this series, uh, in this Ephesians series, that we're trying to learn to look at things the way Paul looked at them, not the way we want to look at them. And, and man, there, there's just a lot today. So I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous because it's a lot in one message. But you guys remember we said last week that Paul had a, a revelation, that God revealed something to Paul. It was a mystery made known, right? And the first mystery made known was that uh, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And by placing your faith in him, you are connected to the living God in a real and beautiful way. And that's, that's the only way to experience life. The second revelation made known to Paul was that Gentiles, by the way, raise your hand if you're a Gentile. Okay, some of you don't quite understand yet. So we have two buckets of people. You have Jews and you have Gentiles. So let's try this again. Raise your hand if you're a Gentile. It's about what I thought. Yeah, the vast majority of people in this church are going to be Gentiles. If, if there's a Jewish person that's here, it's awesome, but the vast majority will be Gentiles. Gentiles basically means non-Jews. And so the second thing that was revealed to Paul was this mystery made known about the life and death of Christ. This is available to Gentiles or non-Jews as well as Jewish people. So these were big deals. And now we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 1. Oh gosh, this is a lot. Uh, If you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter one, and read with me, and we will see what happens and where God takes us. All right, y'all ready? It says, "I Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be." In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with his purpose and will. In order that... We, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to his praise and glory. Whew. Everybody got it? Are we all on the same page? That was a lot. That was a lot of stuff right there, right? It's like I think typically what we do is we read that and we go, yeah, I'll just keep going. There's a lot of stuff in this. And so words have meanings, right? And so as you're listening to this passage, you are ascribing meanings to words based on the meaning words have to you. But when you're reading the Bible, words can't just mean whatever you want them to mean. They need to mean what the author wanted them to mean. Because different words have, friends, cool, cool. Cool has a lot of different meanings, doesn't it? Guys, I'm telling you all, you need more audience participation than this. Yeah. You'll be pastorless. Cool has a lot of different meanings, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, how about... Yeah. Yes, yes. How about this one? Hot. Something can be hot or it can be... That's hot. <laughs> different meanings, right? How about this one? Hammered. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what he's talking about now. <laughs> never, that only has one meaning, right? Hammered can have a few different meanings. I mean, I, th- I think we under- there's, l- words have the meaning. That, that So when I say something, it means what it means for me when I say it. You don't get to decide what my word meant. The one who speaks the word or writes the word, they're the one who gets to decide what that word means, right? Because different words have different meanings. So when we hear words like predestination, adoption, and sonship, we can assign meanings to them, or we can figure out what did Paul mean when he wrote these things. And if we're going to understand Paul's letter the best thing we should do is figure out what Paul meant. Um, our, when you and I think about, like, churchy words and religious words, our, our sort of world that those words come from is a fairly narrow world. It comes from a world where you and I have a story where we sinned and we needed help, and Jesus Christ was the answer. And because of Jesus Christ, you know, you don't have to go to hell, you get to go to heaven. And that's, that's sort of our story. I mean, that's for, for many of us, and, you know, that's, it's the New Testament story. When Paul uses church words, he's thinking of a much, much, much larger story. For Paul, the story consisted of uh, two, two people, uh, uh, humanity and life. And humanity and life were in a garden, and, and they were with God, and everything was perfect. And God chose them to rule in his, in his, uh, in his place, in his image. And then humanity chooses sin. Uh, humanity falls away from God. That God still has a plan to bless all of humanity. So God has this chosen man named Abraham, Father Abraham. And God comes and says, all right, Abraham, I'm going to bless the world through you. The, the world against, you know, all, there's still all this failure and all this stuff. But from Abraham comes this chosen nation called the nation of anyone know? Israel, the Jewish people. And so then there's this chosen nation. Then God says, I'm going to put forth a Messiah into the world through this chosen nation that's going to save the whole world. And eventually this Jesus Christ is born from the lineage of Abraham and the house of David. And Jesus Christ is the chosen Messiah who saves the world. And that is Paul's story. You see how our words can have different meanings? Paul's story has, has a lot more to it than our story. His story has a little more depth. So when he uses words like let's... Let's, let's just jump into Ephesians. We're going to break down that big passage into some smaller passages. Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, let's, we need to understand this. When Paul says us in this passage, Paul is talking about the people from which he came. So when Paul says us, who's he talking about? Jews. So raise your hand if that is you. Oh, it worked perfect that time. It's not us. He's not the, he, he, we're not that us. That, he's talking about Jewish people. He's talking about this chosen nation, the nation of Israel. So he says, praise be to God the Father who blessed us. With Paul, you're going to see us. You're going to see y'all. Y'all is all of us. And then later on, we're going to see an us that is the collection of both us and y'all. But right here, he's talking about the nation of Israel, not Us. Verse 4. For he chose us, the nation of Israel, in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, so when this verse is talking about predestination, which if you've been around church any time in your life, this is kind of a, a topic that gets debated. What Paul is talking about here is not what we want him to talk about. He's talking about a group of people uh, that that this Jewish nation was predestined that God would bring from this Jewish nation a Messiah. He's not talking anything about, oh, you're going to come to Jesus and you're not going to come to Jesus. You're going to go to heaven and you're not going to go to heaven. All he's saying is God predestined that there would be a chosen people and from that chosen people would come a Messiah. That's all he's saying. Right here. And so let's, let's, let's keep reading and, and see what he says in verse 11. In him we were chosen, still talking about the Jews, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with his purpose and will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Okay, guys, listen. I, I know we're learning a lot, but I'm telling you, this, this stuff is going to matter over time for you. Who were the first people to be introduced to Jesus? Jews. Who were the first people to put their hope in Christ? Twelve guys who were all Jews, right? And so when he's talking about predestination right here, what he is saying is there will be a chosen people, and from that chosen people will come a Messiah. That's all he's saying. We can try to make this say something it doesn't say, but that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking about that God predetermined that there would be a chosen nation. And from that chosen nation would come a Messiah. In verse 13, and y'all, and y'all, remember we translate you to y'all. And y'all, so who's he talking to now? Gentiles. Raise your hand if you're a Gentile. Some of you still aren't getting it, but we're getting closer. It's all right. We're going to get there before it's all said and done. And y'all also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation, when you believe, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So God predestined, he predetermined that there would be a holy nation, and from that holy nation would come a Messiah. But he also decided that for those who would come after us, should we hear the message and believe, then we become part of this chosen family too. He predetermined that there would be a Messiah who would present himself first to the Jews and then to the rest of the world, and that whoever places their faith in Christ will be saved. That's what predestination means in Ephesians. Now you might say, well, that means in different book. well, I want to talk about a different book. I'm talking about Ephesians. That's the only book I got from you in front of me right now. And so we're talking about Ephesians, but that's what God says when God, or what Paul says when he's talking about predestination in this, in this book. And so for Paul, this was a big deal because for him, if it was predetermined that there would be a Messiah from this holy people and this Messiah wouldn't just save this holy people, but this Messiah would save the whole world, it changed Paul's identity. Paul's identity became just about being part of this chosen sacred people. And what he would say is it mattered. There is no Jew. There is no Greek. There is no slave. There is no free. There is no male. There is no female. What matters the most is our identity as a sacred people in Christ, He might even say it matters more than whether you're Republican or Democrat. Oh, maybe. He might say it matters more than how you vote or what you drive or what you do for a living, that what matters the most, our primary identity, is that God predestined this Messiah who would come. And for those of us who place our faith in this Messiah, we are chosen as sons and daughters of the King. And that is your top priority over everything else, your top identity over everything else. And so that's why it's so important to Paul. All right, verse 15. Here we go, another big chunk of Scripture. For this reason. For what reason? Everything I just said. Everything I said before. Ever since I heard about your faith, in the. who's he talking to now? Your faith, who's he talking to? Raise your hand if he's talking to you now. Great job, guys your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for y'all, remembering y'all in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give y'all the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that y'all might know him better. I pray that the eyes of y'all's hearts may be enlightened in order that y'all may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Now, that us is all of us. That's y'all in we. That's, that's everybody. Us, all those who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's good. That's a prayer. And Paul is praying for us now. He's talking to us. He says, y'all, y'all, y'all. He's praying that we would know Christ better. And why does he want us to know Christ better? He says it right here in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of y'all's hearts might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Throw that one up there for me if you can. Verse 18. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now you're close. Uh, that's all right. Um, oh, yes! Good job. All right, so th- this, this was probably the coolest thing I learned in preparation for this message, okay? This is, he, he wants us to know God better so that we will have hope. Just keep that up there for me. Don't you think hope is kind of a commodity in this world right now? Did you need hope in, in 2019? Did you need hope in 2020? This, some of you need hope right now, don't you? you? You need hope that God can restore. You need hope that God can repair. You need hope that this moment is not the end. You need, you need hope. You need hope. You do. Why should we have hope? Why should we have hope? What's the reason we should have hope? And here's what he says. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. All right, let me ask you guys a question. When you think about inheritance getting a good inheritance, what do you think about? Just shout it out. Money. Monies. Would $25 be a glorious inheritance? No. Like, when I think of glorious inheritance, I think of, like, I think of, like, yacht money, right? I think of, like, y'all ain't never gonna see me again kind of money. Like, I think of money like I no longer recognize you in the grocery store kind of money. Like, real money, right? Monies. When I think of glorious inheritance... I don't think of a few bucks. I think of something incredible. Listen, of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Where is God's glorious inheritance? You. You are God's glorious inheritance. Do you understand that? When God receives you on that day, It will be like you receiving a glorious inheritance. You are the glorious inheritance of God because God predestined that he would send a Savior to save the world, and if you chose that Savior, then you would become the glorious inheritance of God. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who your daddy was. It doesn't matter who your mama was. You are the glorious inheritance of God Almighty. And if that doesn't give you hope, then I got nothing else for you. But have you ever thought of yourself as God's glorious inheritance? Isn't that good, man? And listen to the next part. In his, this is verse 19. In his incomparably great power for us, that's all of us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Power. You know what's missing from church most often, I believe? Power. That's what's missing from church, power. That's why when Paul went to prison, it says that prison guards would give their life to Christ. When Paul went to prison, other prisoners would give. As a matter of fact, Paul was in prison one time and the prison just started shaking, and Paul just walked out like Psh, deuces. That's power, man. I tried that when I was in there, and I just hit my head on the <laughs> hit my head on the bars. Because <laughs> I didn't have that kind of power. Because I didn't understand, I had the power to make a lot of collect calls, but I did not have the power to walk out. We don't understand that we're God's glorious inheritance. And when you understand that, what you receive is power. And you know what Paul never talks about? He never says, God, I sure pray you change their circumstances and make their lives easier. No, he prays that in your current circumstance, you will have power and hope. Why? Why? because you are the glorious inheritance of God. Isn't that good, man? I like it. I like it, and I like y'all, so that's two for two. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now we're going to do something else crazy. Verse 3. This is, we're going back to Ephesians 1, 3, because there's, there's two more topics we got to hit before we get done today, otherwise the rest of the Ephesians is going to not make sense to you. Praise be to God and the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, hold tight. Keep that one up there for me. Blessed us in the heavenly realms. These are hula hoops. They're spirit-ish because I assembled them myself. But all right, so so blessed us in the heavenly realms, okay? Do any of you currently feel as though you are in the heavenly realm? Because if so, I think that's important information to share with someone. (laughs) Right? But what Paul believes is this. Paul believes that the story of the world started like this, that earth and heaven were one, that God created a world where he walked with his people, right? And and, and he was walking with people in the cool of the day, and earth and, and, and heaven were one realm. And then sin happened, and there was a separation. Now, what Paul believes is that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, these two realms, earth and heaven, have overlapped. And he believes that you and I are living in the overlap of earth and heaven, Now, some of you are looking at me like, I don't know about that. I'm just telling you what Paul thought, that Paul believes we are living in the overlap between heaven and earth. He actually believes that you and I are evidence of the overlap between heaven and earth, that there have been moments for you and moments for me where worship was such an experience or where prayer was such an experience, or where Bible study was such an experience, or where you loved with holiness of heart and mind, where you actually had a foretaste of the kingdom divine. Any of y'all ever had that? You ever had a taste of something that you knew was not of this place? That's the overlap of heaven and earth. This is where we live, those of us who are in Christ. And then then listen, listen to what else he says in verse 21. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age that is to come. Okay, so there's a present age. And y'all tell me what's in the present age. Tell me what life is like in the present age. Is is it perfect? What's in the present age? Tell me some things. Death. Death. What else is in the present age? Pain. What else? Racism. Hatred. Envy. Lust. Pride. Name it. It's in in the present realm. What's in the realm to come? Beauty. Peace. Right? Perfection. Okay, get this. What Paul is, is saying is that you and I are actually in an overlap between the age that was and the age that is to come. It's called the age of grace and that you and I are actually in the overlap between what was and what will be. It's called the now, but not yet. Isn't that crazy? that we're in the overlap between heaven and earth and the overlap between the age that is and the age that is to come. And this is where you and I are. And you and I are actually evidence of this overlap. When we go out in the world, we are evidence to other people of a foretaste of glory divine. We are evidence to other people that Christ is coming back again. We are evidence of other people that heaven and earth have become overlapped. They're, they're not fully one, but they're overlapped. We are evidence to other people that God is good. We are evidence to other people that there is hope. We are evidence to other people that we are God's glorious inheritance. So my question for you today is, are, are you living like that evidence? Because listen, I don't think this has anything to do with what you believe. Don't tell me what you believe. I don't, I don't think living as the evidence has anything to do with what you believe. We'll talk more about that next week. I think it has to do with what you're doing. When people experience you, do they experience a little taste of heaven? When they experience you, does it give them hope that there is an age to come? Because listen, let's say you walk into someone's someone's house and they just lost a loved one. And you're going to tell them to have hope or you're going to tell them there's another world coming. If nothing in your life, has resembled that, then your words are just words and nobody cares. But if you have lived such a winsome life and you almost reek of heaven in an age to come, then you can probably just walk in that house and be quiet. Because I remember the first meeting I had with Joanne Buckner Collins. I don't know if y'all know her. First meeting I had with this lady. She goes to church here. And I remember telling Christy, I was like, I felt like I was just in the room with the Holy Spirit. Before this woman spoke, There was a piece about her that walked into the room. And everything I've seen in her life since then tells me this is a woman who is connected to God. Like, you you know someone like that, right? You know people like that. Is your life the evidence that there is life to come? Is your life the evidence that you're living in this overlap between heaven and earth? Is your life evidence that there is a heaven and you believe in it? We're not just here to do Bible study. We're here to be transformed. And so maybe today you commit to living as evidence. Evidence that there is better. Gosh, don't this, that world out there, please tell me that's not my forever home. I need some people who are evidence that there's something better waiting for me. Please tell me that death and sin and racism and disease and corona is not what my eternal conversation. Because I'm already sick of it matter of fact, it's why I'm off social media. And one day in eternity, maybe I'll get back on social media, but there has to be a different conversation, right? I need evidence of things that are better. Are you, for the world, evidence of glory that is to come? If not, today, we repent and ask God for another chance. We're not here to learn, guys. We're here to be changed. Amen. you are encouraged by today's message be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on spotify itunes or wherever you stream your podcasts to experience other talks videos and live gatherings visit us online at thegracechurch.net and again thanks for listening to the grace church podcast